Thanks for joining us today at Mitcham Hills. Um, just to let you know, next week we're not going to have a message, but on the second we'll be back um, with our next one. So Georgie is speaking us, to us today about love and that little window we have in people's lives, that window of influence. So let's see what Georgie has for us. Last year, during the heart of COVID, before I had my little bubba girl, I was lucky enough to have several baby showers. It was, it was quite nice. Due to the, the amount of people that we could have in a room, I actually got several baby showers. So lucky me. <laughs> um, and my mum threw me a, a baby shower with all of her closest friends who I've known since birth. They've been like adopted aunties to me. Um, and there was a moment in the baby shower, we were having just such lovely high tea and everything. And um, there was a moment where we were all going around the circle um, and they were all sharing bits of advice. And I'm not talking about like, oh, this, this product's really good for you or anything like that. I'm talking about your life advice. The way you speak to your children, the way I'll be speaking to my husband, the way I speak to whoever steps foot into my home. And they all shared this very similar advice along the lines of, George, time flies. You have a tiny window of opportunity. Use it wisely. Basically saying, you don't know how big your window of influence is going to be in someone's life. Is that my baby girl preaching at the back there too? <laughs> This life advice has really stuck with me, not just for my daughter McKenna, not just for the way that I treat my husband or whoever steps foot in my home, but this is for anyone who I come across. I have a window of influence. What am I going to do with it? So this is my first point. Let's just dive straight in, shall we? Each day we have tiny windows of of an opportunity to make a difference in people's lives. What are we gonna do with that opportunity? You may speak to someone for the first and last time today. What are you gonna do? The biggest thing I want to role model to my daughter and to other people around me is something that my parents, Randall and Anne, have demonstrated to me. And it's the way that they love on each person that they talk to. It's the way they welcome in each person that they talk to. And it's the way that they speak to each person that they talk to. I've really noticed that they use their window to love on each person and make sure that that person is aware of it. Now, I think my parents are incredible people, and if you haven't met them, then I'll introduce you to them after the service. <laughs> but what I want to speak on today is something really, really important. What are we going to do with that window of opportunity? I think my parents demonstrate it really well, but they have learnt from an even better person. They have enveloped themselves into the Word of God into God's love. 
under the shadow of his wings, and there is some serious confidence there like no other. They know who they belong to. They know that they are loved. And they know what Jesus did for them. We all have windows of opportunity. But we don't take that window to love on people. We miss it. We let it go. We think someone else will do it. So how can we change that? And the answer is we get it from Jesus. Like my parents got it from Jesus. For most of us, uh, the window of opportunity can be sometimes foggy, a bit clouded with our self-doubts, our hurts, our self-obsessions, that we just don't see what's on the other side. I've got my own thing going on, I just can't, can't right now. That we don't see the opportunity to really love someone and make a difference. Now, I won't lie, I find it quite easy to love the lovable people who love me back. It's quite nice. But I find it hard to love on those people who are closed off, the unapproachable people, the people who I've already made my mind up about, the people who have, have hurt me, who've, who've left emotional bruises. So I want to look at what Jesus says about loving those kinds of people, which brings me to my second point. It's easy to love lovable people, but Jesus taught us to love our enemies. Now, the word enemy is pretty hardcore these days, so instead of using the word enemy, let's just say those people, the difficult ones. This is Jesus' radical teaching on relationships. You want to learn how to have a good relationship in your, in your life? Then you need to look right here in my pretty pink Bible. When we are wrongfully hurt, how are we supposed to respond in those situations? Because let's be honest, there's a tiny window there too. How you respond in that quick moment can impact that situation dramatically, good or bad. So, for example, um, I won't say his name just in case his old boss is here. But I know a carpenter. Um, <laughs> if anyone knows an apprentice tradie, 80 to 90% of them, you know that they've got it pretty tough with their, with their work environment. I'm talking names that are cold, words that are constantly said that are really, really hurtful. Now, this particular guy could have given a speech back each time his boss said a thoughtless comment. But instead, he turned the other cheek. He chose not to respond in anger or negativity he showed grace and he continued on with work. And I'm pretty sure it was his first week of work that his boss guessed that he was a Christian. He actually asked him, are you a Christian? Because of how he handled that situation. And the wife was very impressed and glad she married him. <laughs> the point is he could have responded with the same as what he received. But by responding with love, he did not damage that relationship. What Jesus says in this verse about you and I, how Christians are to relate to people who hurt us, if you embrace it, oh, it will change your world. And as a family, what Dad spoke on a few weeks back, if we all embrace it, 
will change our world. Our world will change. Now, you might listen and read this verse and think, yikes, that's a little bit extreme for a Sunday morning. And it is. To the person who lied about you behind your back, to the high school sweetheart who you definitely thought you were going to get married and took your purity, to the co-worker who makes your life very, very difficult at work, that even thinking about work gives you anxiety. I've, I've been there. Or it could be a parent who was absent during important parts of your childhood. And the Bible was teaching us this. Don't take a step back. Don't make it even. Don't replay those tapes that are in your head, which is so easy to do. It is a natural thing to want to pay back. Our mind immediately says, no, no, I want them to hurt. I want them to feel what I felt. An eye for an eye, that's what, that's what we think. That's how we naturally react to make it even. But Jesus is teaching something different. He wants to give us an entire new way of relating to people. Rather than getting even, he's telling us to take a step forward in restoring those relationships. And I think sometimes we think, no, 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 I'm not going to do that because I'm going to come across as a pushover. I don't want to be a doormat. They need to learn to respect me. They need to learn how to treat me. And the Bible teaches us this crazy thing. Retaliation is not a sign of strength. It's a sign of weakness. In Romans 12, we see a view of how we should behave in our relationships with those who we are hard done by. We read that we shouldn't try to make it even, and rather leave that up to God. Revenge and justice are up to God, and so we just need to sit back and trust him that he's got it. And we can rest in his promise to put things right. He promises that one day in the future, all things will be put right. Rather than to react in a certain way, our job is to help those who've done us wrong, to show love to them, to show them a glimpse of our Father. It's an extreme response to turn the other cheek. Um, and, and can I make extremely clear on this with uh, abuse, um, domestic violence? Jesus is not telling us to stay in that abusive situation. He is talking about our attitude towards someone who has hurt us. We, we are to forgive them and love them but that might also mean that you need to stay away from them. Pursue reconciliation just by praying for that person. Now, Jesus keeps going on in the passage and addresses if we have done something wrong. Verse 40 to 42, this is a time when you've done something wrong. If you've hurt someone, don't just do the bare minimum. Make it right. Restore that relationship. If we look in verse 41, Jerusalem was ruled by a Roman army. Everywhere that you went, there were Roman soldiers. And the law was that any Roman soldier, and by the way, if you step out of line, you die, that any Roman soldier could go to any civilian and say, carry my armour for a mile. It was a Roman law to give a soldier a break. Now, they would have to carry that armour 
that could have killed their family, their loved ones, their friends. And Jesus says, no, carry it two miles. Jesus is saying, even for your enemies, I want you to go above and beyond. It's easy to love those who love you. But loving on those who you find difficult, that's a game changer. Are you with me on this? Is this making sense? It's fine as an idea, isn't it? But Jesus is asking us to do it. It feels like basic relationship advice. And we hear what he says, but it often doesn't become real. What is real? Families are being torn apart. Relationships are being burnt out. We see constant arguments happening. Hearts broken and turning into bitterness. Our world is drifting into a place of less hope. Jesus' words need to become a reality in this world. Verse 45, that you may be children of your father who is in heaven and you will look and doing so like your father. So we have a little seven-month-old baby girl, my little bullf head out the back there, curly hair girl. Um, And as soon as she was born, everyone was like, oh, yeah, she's old Bill. She looks like my husband Bill. And now that she's getting bigger, she's looking like both of us. We look like her parents. She looks like our child. And Jesus said, even in the response of hatred, here's what I want you to do. Our response to those who hate us is love. When you do that, you look like your father in heaven. People need to know God's love. They need to see it and experience it. Take an opportunity to love. He's the guy who loves his enemies. He's the guy who loves those who run from him. He loves everyone. And he's saying, when you do that, you will look like your father in heaven. Now, this is the practical way of showing love, being patient and kind. And this is the why we do it. Which brings me to my last point. We love because he first loved us. What's the secret to loving difficult people in difficult situations? Hating people is easy when we're hurt. That's an undeniable feeling you get. Our hate is based on our hurt. So how do you break that? The only way to break that is for us to personally experience a love that is stronger than the hurt that we've experienced. We overcome hurt by love. We love because he first loved us. Jesus experienced more hate and bitterness than anybody. He was abused, beaten, and died a painful and horrific death. We just had Easter, we know. And yet he continued to love those who did it to him. So not only does he show us how to love people when they are hating on him, but all of this was so that we could have love in our lives. And when you fully grasp that understanding, when you have that deep in your heart, you'll be able to do the same when people mistreat you. 
He calls us to a difficult love. To love our enemy. To love those people. And to love without expecting it in return. Relationships that didn't end well. As we forgive like we have been forgiven and love like we have been loved. Extend forgiveness. If you're still carrying pain, carrying scars, deep scars, if you haven't yet forgiven, Jesus' invitation is to turn the other cheek. Extend forgiveness. Extend love. Forgive like we have been forgiven and to love like we have been loved. Our response is God's response to us. So each day we have tiny windows of opportunity to make a positive difference in people's lives. What are you going to do with that opportunity? How are you going to extend love? And number two, Jesus taught us to love the lovable, but he also taught us to love the difficult too. Rather than react in a certain way, our job is to help those who've done us wrong, to show love, to show them a glimpse of our Father. And three, we love because he first loved us. Here's the how-to and here's the why. It starts with you and me showing Christ's example. Get out there and take an opportunity to love. Um, If this has struck a chord for anyone, if this has really affected someone and if it's not sitting well with you, then can I encourage you to get prayer or speak to one of us after the service? Get some prayer for some, with someone who you're comfortable with. And on that note, let me pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for sending your son. Thank you for loving us even when we don't deserve it. Lord, I pray for the past hurts to be taken and replaced with your comfort and your love, Lord. I just pray for your peace, your love and your joy over this room of people. Lord, Take away anxieties, take away worries and take away that deep pain. Help us to go out of our comfort zones and show a glimpse of you, Father. In your name, amen. great from Georgie. Um, If that has resonated with you in any way, please get in touch with us um, at Mitcham Hills and we'll see you next time.